And good day, everybody. This is Peretz B. Eichler. We've got our broadcast for you today. The Reb, thanks for joining me. And the revolution. First, we've got some news for you. A U.S. official says the Malaysian government is seeking the FBI's help in analyzing any electronic files which were deleted last month from the home flight simulator of the pilot of the missing Malaysian plane. The official, speaking on condition of anonymity because he said he wasn't authorized to discuss the ongoing investigation by name, he says that the FBI has been provided electronic data. Now, the question that everybody is asking themselves is, what do you mean that there were files that were deleted from the home flight simulator of the pilot? That sounds a little fishy. People are wondering what's going on there. Meanwhile, nobody has seen even a trace of the plane, raising questions as to what might have happened. Some people are claiming maybe it was Iran, since there were two Iranian nationals on board. Something sounds like it might have been uh, due to that, but nobody's confirming anything there. But no traces of debris, which would normally appear by this time, had the plane gone to the bottom of the ocean. At any rate, that investigation is ongoing. We'll keep you posted here. A large number of police, fire, and ambulance personnel, as well as volunteers, are continuing to search from Suffern to Harriman and Central Valley for Perit Suntag, who has been missing since last Arab Shabbos Kaidish. The Suntag family has recently announced a $30,000 reward to anybody who locates the missing fellow, and nobody has seen or heard from him since then. And uh, if you have any information, please contact your local authorities immediately. Chicago's two international airports landed at the bottom of the U.S. Transportation Department's ranking of on-time arrival. If you've been traveling to or from Chicago, you may have noticed that. That has to do with the arrivals and departures. And the Transportation Department's Bureau of Transportation Stats released figures showing that half of the flights in and out of O'Hare International Midway International Airports were late. In other words, not on time. The police description of Toronto Mayor Rob Ford smoking what appears to be something other than tobacco has been released. Ford acknowledged last year that he smoked um, intoxicating or um, drug-oriented type of things, which are not tobacco. That's not exactly behavior fitting the mayor of a city or anybody else, as a matter of fact. And police said they had obtained samples of it. And um, it's not the first time that the mayor has been reported and seen doing things which are to say the least, nicht ischgehalten. Well, a classic scene was made today at about 70 miles per hour. Where? Well, it wasn't in a large stadium. It was on a train out of Far Rockaway and Inwood in the five towns in the upcoming scene that, uh, that they're going to be making. I think if they didn't make it already, uh, they are in the process of it. It's going to be held um, on the train that uh, they learn the Daf Yomi on every morning, something that we can all take heed from on the right train and certainly on the right track. And uh, speaking of being on the right train and the right track, they are tracking a new poll saying that New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's approval rating has fallen over the past two months, which is kind of interesting since he's only been in, in office since January. So what could he have done wrong? Not too much, actually. Actually, he's a big fan of Israel, and by uh, Unza Hebron, that's the right thing to do. So the heck with the Quinnipiac. Uh, university poll. We think he's doing a good job, and at least give him a chance. Come on, whatever you think, let the guy have a break. You may not agree with him on everything or even anything, but he's in there plugging. He's trying. Give him a chance. Two months is not much time to build up the track record, but we'll see what happens. 
And uh, this news in, where uh, a track record would be important, but people are very concerned, and that a New York City health official has said that medical facilities may be partly, possibly, even responsible to blame for a rare outbreak of measles. There have been 20 confirmed cases of measles in the city during the past several weeks, and the uh, Deputy Health Commissioner, Dr. Jay Varma, told the New York Times that investigators are looking into whether some patients were exposed to the virus actually in the hospitals or in doctors' offices, which would mean normally the places where you go to get cured from a disease is where somebody actually got the disease. Speaking of a disease, there's one which is a rabid disease. It's called anti adem disorder. Finance Minister Yair Lapid has announced a new housing plan that will permit qualified couples to purchase an apartment without paying 18% value-added tax. Now, actually, that would sound pretty good, wouldn't it, that they wouldn't have to pay that value-added tax? The only hitch is, and the catch is, that uh, the Lapid plan is being decried as discriminatory because uh, it's, it's something which is against car aid. And according to the new plan, which is revealed in Yadid Acharonot, a young couple seeking to buy a first apartment in Eretz Israel from a contractor may be permitted to do so without the VAT, the tax, in certain cases. Now, Lapid is proud of his new program, which some experts feel is discriminatory. And uh, it seems that it's going to make the housing shortage worse because another component of the plan includes the government of justice setting a ceiling on the price per square meter for different areas. And not only that, but um, it looks like it may be discriminatory against, uh, discriminatory against Haredim in, uh, in a number of ways, and uh, we're going to find out exactly what. But Haredim maintain that it's not really presented the way it's, it's being pitched, and uh, it's not going to be equal for all couples. And uh, there's going to be some exclusivity there. You can be sure that uh, it's uh, it's something which people are going to be looking into, and they're going to be making sure that it is equitable. Um, one of the things they're talking about is that at least one of the couple works, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But on the other hand, it could be a real dig at certain people that are in situations where um, they are being supported or helped out by by family, which is also a good thing. Anyway, we'll find out more about that. And this is all the news that's fit to hear at the moment. This is Peretz B. Eichler. Hi, how are you, everybody? Welcome to this beautiful, beautiful post-perm pre-Pesach show right here with the Reb, Peretz B. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? 718-683-5858. This portion of the broadcast. This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain Fruit. Hey, the new Pesach store is going to be opening up this Sunday, Bez Deshem. You know how great the Perm store was? Well, the Pesach store is going to be... Sans chomets, no chomets allowed in the Pesach store, but you're going to have a great variety of um, beautiful, beautiful selections of every type of kosher Pesach food imaginable, untouched by chomets, and, of course, a great place to shop. On Avenue M between East 13th and East 14th, stop by and tell them that you heard it here, and we hope to be offering Bez the Chambly Netter some gift certificates right here on the station that listens to you. We'll have more about that later in the week. And we'll keep you posted on that. And certainly mention that you heard it here on J-Root, Mountain Fruit, the height of quality selection and service. And if you've been over there, as I have, you know it's a great store. Really, just a terrific place to shop. Uh, they've got a fresh fish department. They've got a fresh meat department, produce, and uh, aisles that are just jam-packed with uh, kosher products in every manner, shape, and form. It's just a wonderful shopping experience. The people are great. They've got mishkichim that cover everything all across the board. I mean, if you go in there, you can check it out for yourself. 
they are really on top of everything. Mountain fruit, diet of quality, selection, and service. Hi, everybody. This is Parents Be the Reb. Now, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. And that would include this missing Malaysian airliner, which is getting really just more mystifying by the day. There's a, an official from Eretz Israel saying there were two Iranians on board that, for some reason, he felt was very suspicious, and that he feels that Iran has a, a major hand in this, and at some point that hand is going to be revealed. They have this uh, missing, deleted files from the flight simulator that was in the pilot's home. That looks kind of weird and strange and creepy, as a matter of fact. And they don't see any trace of anything that would have indicated that the plane might have gone down in the ocean, because by this point in time, many people are saying it, it's, it's pretty obvious that if there was anything, even if it had gone straight down, some debris would have surfaced somewhere, and they've been scouring the oceans all over the place. Some degree of, of debris, of seats, of, of luggage, anything that it would be typical, Shemirachim, if you could say, or say anything is typical like this, which we hope it wouldn't be, but in a situation that might have a precedent to it where planes have gone down, at some point, debris or something surfaces, but nothing has surfaced, not to mention the plane. So it is really strange. But you know what? The truth always comes out. At some point, somewhere, somewhere along the line, the truth will out. Do you have a theory about it? What do you think happened? Do you have any thoughts about it? Something that uh, maybe we might be uh, might stand to gain from? If you share that view with us, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. How was your Purim? You know, I was very proud of the, the way Ura conducted their Purim Suda. Um, they've always conducted it with dignity and with a tremendous amount of ava toward, um, toward Kirov. But occasionally, and in past events, there have been those who have taken advantage of the, um, the cordiality of a group like Ura and used it or misused it to um, really demean the sanctity, the kedusha of the, of the holiday and uh, turned it into more of a, a drunken brawl outside, not within the, within the confines of the order thing, but made it a rather unpleasant atmosphere for those who were trying to enjoy the, the beauty of the atmosphere. But this year, there was none of that. None of that. Uh, Ura was very, very careful and cautious about making sure that only those who were uh, there to be elevated and to elevate those who were there showed up in attendance. So there was not even a hint of the, uh, the unsavory or undesirable element this year, and thanks, uh, thanks again to the Lakewood Police Department, who um, were on the scene in a very friendly mode and just making sure that there was no rowdy element that was attempting to come in and disrupt things. So it was really very, very beautiful and very nice and uplifting. How was your perm? Anything that you, uh, that you felt or thought or experienced that you'd like to share with us that made it more meaningful? You can call me at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. If uh, my good friend whose initials are ML are, is out there and you want to say hello, please hop on board, 718-683-5858. I want to thank the great J-Root staff, my good friend Iran, our executive in charge of production here at the studio, and, of course, our senior director, who's, uh, whose name I won't mention, but uh, we all know and love him and want to thank him for keeping things running so smoothly and making J-Root 
so passionately possible for everybody. This is Parrots B, the Reb. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. Thanks for joining the Reb Aleutian. This part of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain Fruit, kind of quality selection and service, and of course by Eichler Media. Uh, we'll be checking out our new website soon. There's the Shem. If you're looking for a, um, a motivational speech or presentation, well, we've got some things on board for you. Would you like to present to your group, to your organization, to your parliament meeting, or just to any group that you organize? We're happy to deliver it at a, at a price you'll be happy with. So give us a, give us a shout out or a, a call into at Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media, at gmail.com, or you can reach reach me, Paris V, the Rev, at 848-221-4605, 848-221-4605, and uh, we'll talk and schmooze and see about what we can offer you or your group. All right, everybody, so on board today, we're now past Perm and on our way to Pesach. So you're a humble person. That's great. And Anivas is something that everybody has to cultivate. But don't let your humility prevent you from accomplishing don't let it get in the way of the things that are great that you can do, because humility and greatness are not mutually exclusive. In fact, we see by Moshe Rabbeinu how they're mutually inclusive. Rabbi Zelig Pliskin brings down a Moira Dika shot in this week's Parsha by Yomar Moshe El Aaron Karov El Hamizbeach. And Moshe said to Aaron, go close to the Mizbeach. Now Rashi cites Torah's Kahanim, that Aaron was afraid to go close to the Mizbeach out of embarrassment. He was very humble. And Moshe said to him, my, my tired of breather. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but you can imagine that he spoke to him affectionately. Why are you embarrassed? For this reason, you were chosen. Rabbi Yitzhak of Elohim explained, Aaron, in his humility, felt that he was unworthy to be the high priest, the kind guttle of Am Yisrael. This is, my friend, exactly what makes you worthy of being the kind guttle, said Moshe Rabbeinu. The attribute of Anivas is so precious that because you have this outstanding midah, you were Badafka chosen to be the kind guttle. You'll check that out, Kikarai, in the footnote to Ruch HaChaim. Now, when we try to accomplish in matters of Ruchnius, whether as a leader, as a teacher, as a parent, you might say to yourself, you know, I really don't know that much. I realize how little I know. And I know that I have faults, and, I, you know, I don't know if I'm really the right person to serve in this position. Guess what? If you're sincere in your efforts, and you know that you have faults, your humility is exactly the character trait that Badafka makes you fit for that position. Because a person that has true aniva, true humility, he's going to learn from other people. You'll ask questions. You have doubts. You're not going to say, well, I don't know, and it'll make me look foolish if I ask a question. No, you're going to ask. And um, you don't mind. You don't mind the criticism. A person that's true, who has true humility is going to learn from others. You'll ask questions when you have doubts. And you'll be open for criticism, even though sometimes it stings, right? But... If it's constructive criticism and it's done in the proper way, there's no reason to, to fear that. Never allow humility to stop you from worthy accomplishments. Yes, you are humble. And that humility is what makes you being so great. 
Now, of course, this idea of consulting with people that are smarter than us, yes, there are people that are smarter than us in many ways. If we're going to do something, whether it's questionable or not, but particularly if it is questionable, you're not sure, well, why go out and do something if you don't know if it's the right thing to do? Why go off in a brazen, impulsive manner just because you decided that you're going to go out and tell this person what to do or you're going to do this because you want to do it, right? We know a lot of people in uh, certain aspects of uh, society, even amongst Ungsa Hebra, that take the law into their own hands and take the Das into their own hands. We always have to consult Das Torah, and that means Das Torah per se, and also people that are just simply wiser than us or people who are our peers. For example, let's take a look at the, the Pusik and the Parsha, which helps us understand that. The Yehub and Aaron, and the sons of Aaron, the dove, and Avihu took each of them his censer, right? They took it and they put inside incense and offered before a Kaddish Baruch strange fire. And Aish, that was strange. And um, they offered it before the Almighty, the strange fire, which he had not commanded them. You're right, it was Azera, Shelo, Siva, Osam. Hashem didn't command them to do it. Now, Taurus Kahanim, in the portion of Akaremos, states Azoi that none of the Navihu erred. They made a mistake, the Tais, by not consulting Moshe for an Eitza on advice on whether it was proper for them to bring the incense. They also made a mistake, guess what? By not asking each other for advice. So, there are two important ideas that we can we can learn out from this price. One, before doing something which is questionable, in any manner, shape, or form, make certain to consult someone who is older and wiser. Yes, there are people that are older and wiser than us, and you might feel that what you're about to do is the right thing to do. I know I'm right. I'm 100% right. I'm never wrong. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. But there are always aspects that you might have overlooked or were unaware of. The second thing that we see here is that that um, if they were to have consulted with each other, you know what? They might not have made the mistake. And that's a shtickle puzzling at first glance, right? Because didn't they both do the same thing? So what are you talking about? If they both did the same thing, what would have been the benefit of them consulting with each other? It's a little bit enigmatic. Yeah? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we see this cloud, which is vitally important, that at times two people can do something of us. If they would have discussed the matter between themselves, they might have reached the conclusion that they might refrain from their, from their behavior. Neither one might come to this conclusion on their own. But you know what? Together, putting their heads together, they might see daylight. Together they might realize, hey, you know, Maybe we should do it this way, or maybe we shouldn't do it. Develop the habit of discussing things with peers. I just had a conversation with somebody today, and it, it really brought out this point wonderfully. I mean, we were both thinking about something, and then as we talked about it, a another idea came out from it, which was really much better than what we originally had thought. And um, that which we thought we weren't sure about, now we both agreed was a much better way to approach approach something. So develop the habit of discussing things with peers to see if there are reasons why you should not do something 
some of the things that you feel like doing. You got it? You get it? Great. Hey, by the way, don't forget about the Parnosa Expo coming up Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, if you're thinking about taking out a booth or just showing up, you know, because you're looking for work or to generate businesses, it'll be a good thing to go to. There's the show the Parnosa Expo at the um, the Raritan Center, the Jersey Convention Center. You can go to parnosaexpo.com. And uh, it's something which is meant to promote Parnosa for everybody in Unzura community. So take advantage of it. They're there to help. And if uh, there's some way that they can help you, they want to do it. Go to PornosExpo.com and see where you might be able to fit in to benefit from it or benefit somebody else. You know, I interviewed somebody who had been a Rebbe for 30 years, and then for one reason or another, he, he wasn't doing that. He was out of work for a good few years. He met somebody there who was talking about how to channel your skills into uh, an area that may be fruitful for you in terms of Parnassa. And you know, today this person is in risk management, started his own business through meeting somebody else, all through a conversation that generated there. That was generated. It's a Rashi that tells us that Hashem has many ways of getting Parnassa to a person, to those that fear him. And we know Mogalgo in schools, good things come about through good people. Worthy things come about through worthy people. So, uh, this could be a good opportunity. Check out the pornosexpo.com and see what you think. And speaking of Magogwa and schools, uh, we like to think of ourselves here at J-Root as those who are among those that are rifticoshalikim to put forth good things to share with our, uh, with our community because, face it, we are Am Yisrael. Mikamka Yisrael Gayakad Baharats. We're here for each other. Ko Yisrael Araven. I can tell you that's one of the things I know about J-Root that the people here are always trying to do. They're always looking out for the benefit of the community, and they put that first and doing the right thing first. They know that the concept of that which is important to the seaboard to promote Torah, Harbatsus HaTorah, through doing things in a neurological way, through promoting Richtika Torah ideals, just listen to the, to the people that are on the station and uh, as you do, you'll understand so clearly and poignantly that's what this is all about. All right, we'll be back with more. I'd like to hear from you today. If you got something on your mind, what do you think about that missing airline, or do you have a theory about it? I'm going to be back also with a question for you. In fact, let me read this to you now, and then you can get back to an answer for me, okay? It's actually something which appears in a uh, very wonderful magazine. I don't want to mention the name of it yet because you'll be able to look up the answer right away, but I'm Maven Yavin. Here's an example. Freddie owns a chain of retail stores within walking distance of each other. Now, every morning, Freddie instructs his workers to load the merchandise he needs transported between the stores onto a platform and a uh, platform hand truck. You know those little um, uh, mobile things here. It's, it's like a. It's got two wheels and a. And it's a dolly, right? It's a hand truck. One morning, while the loaded hand truck was stationed in front of the store. One of the customers leaving the store accidentally pushed it, sending it rolling down the sloping sidewalk. Whoops! The hand truck hit Avi's car, kerplunk, breaking the back headlights. Avi, who was standing in the vicinity, began to holler at the customer, and after he received her identification, he proceeded to demand, to demand that Freddie, the store owner, compensate him for the damage. Hey, Freddie, your hand truck went into my car! Avi claimed that Freddie was responsible for the damage due to his car, since his hand truck was freely parked in a public domain. Well, 
Freddy refused to pay, explaining that he parked that hand truck a thousand times in front of the store and never had a problem. He insisted that the lady who pushed the hand truck was the cause of the damage, and she was therefore obligated to pay. So the three appeared in Basin to resolve the matter, and here's the question. Are you ready? Who's liable to pay for the damage to Avi's car? Freddie, the owner of the store, the customer who shoved the thing in there, not on purpose, but shoved it, and would it make a difference if they had done it on purpose? Uh, or neither. Nobody takes the heat. What do you say? 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and one more time, 718-683-5858. What would your verdict be? You're sitting on the base then. Who would you deem as responsible, if anybody, to pay the damages? 718-683-5858. We will be right back with more. We'll take a little bit of a musical interlude. This portion of the broadcast brought to you by Mountain Fruit, the height of quality service and selection. Head on over to the Pesach store as of this Sunday, but head on over to the regular superstore on Avenue M and, uh, and 15th today and tell me you heard it here on J-Root Parrots Be the Reb. Thanks for joining the revolution. I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. What do you think about this case? Who was obligated, if anybody, to pay? And what do you think about that missing airline or Shemirachim? You got a theory or a thought about it? 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. This is Paradis B, the Reb. Thanks for joining the revolution. Iran, take it away with a little bit of music, and we will be back. Be'ezrat Hashem. Hey, 
I parked my hand truck a thousand times in front of the store, never had a problem. You the only guy that had a problem. I didn't push it. She pushed it. I'm not paying. And Freddie insisted that the lady who pushed the hand truck was the cause of the damage and was thus responsible to pay. Me? Why, why should I have to pay? It's not my hand truck. I, I didn't leave the hand truck there. It was outside the store, and I pushed it accidentally, and it's not my hand truck. Oh, no, I'm not paying. Well, they were all decent people and readily agreed to go to the basin. And the basin was going to resolve the matter. So the question is, who's liable to pay for the damage to Avi's car? Is it Freddie who owns the store and the hand truck? Or is it the customer? Or is it neither? And Avi has to bite the bullet and just say, that's the way the cookie crumbles, or that's the way the taillights break. What do you say? Does anybody have to pay? Should somebody play, pay? What's the richtigazach? I mean, the Torah is very clear on this, and there is a verdict. So what do you think? If you were on the base, then what would you say? I'd like to give you the answer, but I'd like to hear what you think first. 718 The best answer will get a gift certificate for, um, for food, shopping, whether it's for now or for Pesach, at Mountain Fruit. So we'll pick the best answer. And if you call me now, 718-683-5858, within the next minute or two, you will be eligible to win a gift certificate for, uh, for something at Mountain Fruit. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. This is Parents B, the Rev. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything, presuming that you call. 718-683-5858. Hello there, Brooklyn. Anybody out there? 718-683-5858. I'll take a call right now. Hello. How are you? Hello. Yes. Did we get past hello yet? Hello there. How hello. Are you? Yes. You talking to me? I, I, I think so. Sounds very right, How though, are you? Sounds, sounds very right, well. I believe that the lady is Mechir. Pardon the mood of She went out and she kicked the thing. Well, whoa, whoa. Play that back one more time for the West Coast. What was that? I believe the woman went out. Should have should have been more careful with the hand truck. It's a big item. It's not a small thing. Even though he's a barbish around him, let's say. But she should be careful. She's the one that started rolling it in other Middle Island, as we know. And that's my opinion. Whatever you say. What do you say? Mm-hmm. So you think that the woman should have paid? Yeah, right? she kicked it. She hit it. What did she do? She came out, and she hit the thing, right? Accidentally, she hit the hand truck, right. I and mean, if she would have done it on purpose, obviously, it would have been a little more yeah, clear. Yeah, but other, other, what's the difference, purpose or not? Other Middle, she went out. Where was the park? Right in front of the door? She in, front of the, in, front of, in front of the store. In front of the store. Right. In front of her view. It wasn't like it was blocked. It was, no. She could, have, she could have seen it. Yeah, she she could have seen it. She could have seen the hand truck. Have you? Then it's it. I, don't, I think so. I'm going to pass so you them. think, yeah, who do you think is responsible, her or, or the, the guy who owns the, the store? Ladies. I believe the lady is responsible. You think she she's responsible? I think uh-huh. so, yeah. 
Okay, well, if you stay tuned, I'm going to give you the answer. You may be right, but you okay. may be wrong. But, all right, well, drop me a note at Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media, and um, we're going to pick, first of all, we're going to start with the right answer, and then we're going to pick the best right answer. But I want to thank you for calling, and you can can submit if you want at EichlerMedia at gmail.com. Hi, this is B. Eichler. How are you? Hello. Hi there. Am I on? You certainly are, my friend. What's on okay. your mind? I want to say as follows, that uh, the lady who hit the truck is anus, and now she should be putter from paying. However, I do feel the person who owns the hand truck put it in a place where inadvertently something like that could happen, and the right thing would be for that person to go and pay for the headlights. So the person who actually owns the hand truck should out of goodwill. Um, merely out of the goodness out of his heart? What about the halacha? No, meaning to say that it was his hand truck that that went down and, and, and crashed into the guy's tailpipe. Now, I don't think he, he himself is mechuyiz to go and pay. I think the, the lady is a, is a putter because she's a anus. But just, you, you, you phrased the question asking that if somebody should do something out of the gracious of their hearts, I would think it would be the person who owns the hand truck. So you think the right thing to do, just from the point of view of, of being uh, a good or a good yeah, person, would be the right thing? It's his hand truck that happened. You know, maybe it would have been better to move his hand truck into a different spot where customers did not walk right out of the store. Uh, that, that's also a good thing. So you think that the, the owner of the store would be obligated, but not necessarily halakhically, but merely because of the goodness of his heart, right? Yes. No, the person who owns the hand truck, if that's the same owner of the store, then yes. You don't mean the guy who manufactured the hand truck. You mean the person who owns the hand truck is the owner of the store. Who owns the hand truck. Okay. Well, well, let's take a look. We're going to see. You can submit uh, just, you know, a brief summary of that answer to me at Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media, at gmail.com, and you'll be eligible for a gift certificate at Mountain Fruit, depending on the answer. So you can just drop me that note, just just what you thought was, at Eichler Media. Hi, this is Parents B. How are you? Thanks for joining the revolution. What's on your mind? Oh, is it me? Yes. Okay, um, I think Freddie is Kyle's. Yes, Because why? I'll tell you why, because it's almost like, it's the same thing like putting up a fence on a roof. If you have something in an area where you know people are going to be, then you have an obligation to put some type of um, restriction around that area in case in case someone is possibly able to do it, then you should ha- he should have had, like, some type of person watching it or in a area that someone can hit into it. That That's a fantastic extension of a halacha, which I wouldn't have even thought of. You want to say, because there is a, a ruling that says that a person has to put a protected fence around a roof prevents from reforming, which is a halacha from the Torah, right? You want to say, you want to extend that literally and figuratively to say that because this person had something which was potentially dangerous, he should have put something around it. That's fascinating. Exactly. Right? That's a, that's a fascinating concept. I, don't, I wouldn't even have thought of that. In that. You want to say, especially since the wheels to this hand truck were probably greased, so that the thing would be very, uh, very mobile and active to go, that 
put it in a uh, in a different category. But the fact that you want to extend the concept of the parapet about, around the roof to protect somebody from falling, you want to extend that to this. So I don't know if there's a direct analogy to that, but it is an interesting concept, and I think you might be on the right train on the right track. Just drop me a note with that answer. Just short and sweet to Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media, at gmail.com, and you'll be eligible for a gift certificate at Mountain Fruit, and we're going to give the right answer very shortly. Hi, this is Parrots P. Thanks for joining the revolution. Hi, hi. We have three three women in the car over here with three different opinions. Naturally. I'm surprised you don't have four, but okay. <laughs> okay, so one of our one of our opinions is that um that I, I feel that, that nobody is responsible. Nobody has to pay. This is a an accident and nobody has to pay. So you think that the guy who owns the car basically has to take it on the headlights? And say, right. Yeah, this is what happened. This is it is what it is, and it happened. It's an unfortunate situation, and it happened. Would you feel the same way if it were your headlights or your taillights in the car? I mean, maybe it would it would bother me a little bit, but you can't put the blame on. I don't see putting any kind of a blame right now. I see nobody has to pay. And this is what happened. This is what kind, was meant to happen. You must be a very kind-hearted and, ge- and generous person, but I don't know if being kind-hearted. Um, is the right, the appropriate word in this sense. For example, if you were there and it happened to your car and this woman just let this thing go, she wa- you would just say to her, it's okay, perfectly fine, it's just, you know, I'll be a day shamayim and that thing, cra- and that was just my day to get, to get my taillights wrecked on, on the car and I, ha- I hold neither you responsible nor the owner of the store. Right. You would have just walked away. That you have to, right, this is something that I have to deal with. This is what happens. Remind me, remind me to park next to your car next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other woman in the car has a different opinion. She feels yeah, a, that it's yeah. the woman's fault. The woman has to be, she's, she's, she's responsible. It's always the woman's fault. There's no question about that. But you mean the lady who pushed the uh, the car? Yes. Okay. And what is what was the third opinion? You had three people. Third opinion was also we. I'm also third opinion also said the lady. The lady pushed it. She's responsible. Uh huh. Okay. So, ladies, if you'll just send me a note at Eichler Media, E I C H L E R Media at Gmail dot com, you'll be eligible for a free gift certificate at Mountain Fruit, Eichler Media Gmail dot com. And I think we're going to announce what the actual verdict of the basin was. So I want to thank you for your call. And if you'll just send uh, that note with all three of your emails on there or a contact number, we're going to send uh, somebody a, a gift certificate to Mountain Fruit. At okay, very good. Thank you. Okay. Hi, this is the Reb. Um, do you have an answer? We're Hello. To, we're about to give our verdict. Yes, go ahead. Hi, parents be the Reb with you. Thanks for joining the revolution. Yeah, so uh, the thing is like this. First of all, the woman that called before about the roof, there is a concept of a barbershop sarabim that you're supposed to put a gate around. That has nothing to do with a roof. That's so right. A barbershop okay. sarabim means if you, have to, if you leave a bar, a pit, or a stumbling block someplace in a sarabim, uh, you're hired. Um On the other hand, you know, when somebody's walking in the street and they knock something over, they're responsible. So it, 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 it could be, I'm going to give a little yeshiva should tell you over here, could be that... Uh, both the store owner and the handshake uh, owner, which is the store owner, and the woman are both responsible, and they have to do some sort of a 50-50 deal. Okay, so you think that it's both the store owner and the woman. Okay, so so far we have one opinion that says nobody's obligated, one says the woman is obligated, and one says 
the store owner is obligated, and you want to say both are obligated. The only yeah, because the only, he left it in You know, the same question, similar question. Having you know, some of the groceries have a slanted sidewalk, and people just leave the carriages, and the side and the carriage doesn't hit your car. Yeah. Right, as if you, you know, some of the groceries have. Uh, you know, and they, and people and leave both the wagon. That's a great example. That's a great case. That's a great, great similar example. The only opinion that hasn't been ventured forth yet is. Maybe the guy that owned the car was responsible. He never should have parked his car. No, he was parked in yeah, but he was parked in a legal spot. He did nothing wrong. Yeah, that's right. All right, I'll tell you what. I mean, Drop I, your answer to Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media, at gmail.com, and you'll be able to win a, uh, a, um, a gift certificate amount of food. Okay, here's the real answer. Are you ready? Stand by. Okay, I know those ladies in the car are waiting to hear this. They're probably waiting before they pull into the parking spot. So let me give you the answer. After gathering all the specific details of the incident, so the based and submitted a verdict requiring, requiring, yes, who is it? Requiring, we'll be back right after this. We'll give you the answer in about three hours. No, just kidding. Okay. They required Freddie to pay Avi for the damage to his car. Freddie's the owner of the store and the hand truck. After determining that the, the wheels of the platform hand truck were well greased, in other words, they were ready to go, in addition to viewing photographs of the minimal amount of merchandise on the truck at the time of the accident, it became evident that the truck should not have been unattended. And these factors, my friends, evidently played a role in the truck being moved so easily. Now, there were Adam. There were witnesses who came forward testifying that the woman who accidentally pushed the truck was casually exiting the store and by no means ex- exited in an uncontrolled manner. She wasn't wild. She wasn't bathing in an erratic manner. Perfectly normal. In fact, the hand truck was stationed in her blind spot, making it nearly impossible for her to avoid it as she exited to her right. And so Freddie, the owner of the store, who had the hand truck, dangerously stationed in front of the store is high of his libel. And the unfortunate incident was foreseeable in light of these circumstances. In other words, it was an accident waiting to happen. The fact that he stationed the hand truck on many other instances without anything happening. So that's not a reason for exemption. He can't say, oh, I've done this many times before. No. The freshly greased wheels and lightweight merchandise on the truck, as well as the exact position of the truck at the time of the accident, are all variables which are subject to change, explaining why this may have been the first-time occurrence. And in fact, when the Dayanam, the judges of the basin, went to visit the site of the accident, one of the workers whispered to them that this was not the first time that the hand truck, hey, rolled down the sloping sidewalk, as Freddie claimed. The worker was unwilling to testify to Basin because they didn't want to lose their job. But when the... Uh, they checked it out. That was the way it happened. And while the basin could not include her testimony in its decision, it did serve as an indication that their evaluation with a Kaddish Baruch's help was indeed accurate. And uh, that was brought forth by Rabbi Max Sutton, who was the, the Rush basin of Adam Sota and Yerushalayim, Irakadish, in Eretz Israel. So there you go. So one of those ladies in that car had the right answer. And if you'll send me your uh, email and contact information, I think um, at least one of those people is going to get a gift certificate from Mountain Fruit, courtesy of Mountain Fruit. And um, yours truly, Parrot's Beer, right here on J Root. All right. If you like this idea, we can be doing, we're thinking about doing a lot more of this in a series that I'm working on. 
So let me know. Send me an email and tell me if this is the type of thing that uh, you benefit from and would enjoy hearing more about because I'm thinking of making it a regular series right here on uh, on our program. This is Parents Be the Reb. I want to thank you for joining us and uh, the revolution. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. By the way, if you're looking for a, a motivational and inspirational speech, we are now working on a bunch of presentations that we'd like to present to your group, and uh, hopefully you can use it for something worthwhile. Just contact me at Eichler Media about coming to speak and give you a, a presentation that hopefully will be uplifting and entertaining. We call it edutainment. Parrots be Eichler here for you. So you can reach me at Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, media at gmail.com or 848 848- Two two one four six zero five, and don't forget for great video productions, get hold of BSD Productions. You can go to their website, or you can call the station seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. BSD Video, whether it's your Simca in any manner, shape, or form, they'll be happy to do a great videotaping job for you. All right, we'll be back with more in our wrap up of today's show. By the way, what do you think about that Malaysian airliner? Any theories on it? Any um, any thoughts about where it might have? gone to or who might have been up to doing it and do you think it's going to show up and what do you think it's going to reveal when it does finally show up in some manner shape or form all right seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight we'll be back with the wrap-up right after this this is parents be the reb thank you for joining the reb illusion
night, everybody. Hello. Hi. Very good. Hi, Ron. We're back on the air. We're going to close the broadcast right now. I want to thank everybody who immediately sent in their emails. Wow, you guys are mobile and on the case. And uh, I want to send out something for everybody. It's not a gift certificate, for, but at least for the people who sent out stuff. They were so thoughtful of you, and your answers were so right on, on the ball and, and uh, really, really terrific. I want to thank you. The ladies in the car, the gentleman, Mr. Fonfetter, I want to thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm, well, I don't want to repeat the name because maybe you didn't want me to say it, but I just want to tell you I really appreciate everybody who called. And I want to tell you something. When you love wisdom, you have joy for the wisdom of others. And if you look in this week's Parsha, you'll see exactly where that is. Because it says, and Moshe heard, and it was good in his eyes. Sworn says in this, Moshe felt joy upon hearing the reasoning of Aaron. He had pleasure that Aaron was correct in his decision. People who love Chachma will derive pleasure when they come up with an original idea, or when they find out they're correct in some intellectual matter. But it's rare to have such a love of wisdom when one derives pleasure when another person comes up with a good idea. So what was special about Moshe's joy was that he, he himself made an error, and Aaron was right. Many people would have been upset that they had made a mistake, but not Moshe Rabbeinu. He was joyful that his brother had an awareness of the emiss, even though this meant that he was wrong, because Moshe's love of Chachma should serve as a model for us to strive for. Reb Mendel Shuk, a student of the great Rabbi Azal and Meltzer and Sluss, once stated, four other Talmudim and I were in a special group that met regularly on Rabbi Meltzer's house, in his house for lectures on uh, Zavachim. Once in the middle of a shear on a complex topic, I gave an answer to a difficult question. And over the next few months, the Rosh Hashiva frequently praised the answer that I gave. Thirty-five years later, I visited the Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Israel. He asked me who I was, and as soon as I told him my name, he called out with much simple remendal. I really liked the answer you gave. Wow. Can you imagine that? Well, I have to tell you, I really love the answers that everybody gave. It shows that we are who we are. Mikam Thinking and realizing that it is the halacha which guides our life. The person who said that they would have not held anybody accountable, that's such a terrific meter. The person who said they would have held the store owner accountable, you were right on the money with the halacha. The person who said they would have held the lady accountable, you also had a good opinion. But each of us would defer to the halacha, because doing the right thing is the most important thing. That which a Baruch Hu wants us to do, and that is the only thing that matters. And when we do what he wants, then, in fact, we are doing the right thing. This is Perez B., the Rep, brought to you by Mountain Fruit. And uh, stop by their Pesach store starting this Sunday and tell them you heard it here. And, of course, when you're looking for some edutainment, a, an educational, inspirational, motivational, we hope, Halavai Bez Hashem presentation, don't hesitate to give me a call at 848-221-4605 or contact me at eichlermedia at gmail.com and we'll set up a presentation for you or your group, and hopefully it'll be something that they and, and I will be able to gain from. 848-221-4605. I want to thank Iran and Nisim and everybody at JRoot, and uh, stay tuned for our news reports and for our other uh, great programming here as well. If you like the session that we did today about the basin thing, let me know, and we'll be doing more about that. You can reach me on media at gmail.com. That's it for today, my friends. I want to thank everybody. In the words of Hill, the rest is commentary. Now, go and learn!